Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Thanks for joining me each and every Saturday and telling all your friends. You're listening to an orthopedic surgeon talking about art, talking about sports, and certainly giving you some clapper vision, teaching you how your body works. I've learned a lot over these past 32 years. And I love to have guests each week. Some weeks it's a professional athlete, Isaiah Thomas, Dick Butkus, Mark Spitz, Sometimes it's the head of the Getty Museum. Musicians. Next week we're going to have musicians as our guests. But I also love bringing doctors on board. Doctors who are at the forefront of their field. Who can teach us their expertise. And that's what's happening today. At 8.15, you don't want to miss it. Calling in from Hawaii, we're going to learn all about what I talk about for almost 11 years on the radio. Don't let them stick cortisone in the joint. Well, now we're going to learn what it really does. How it really badly affects the cartilage and in the long run is not good for your joint. Perfect. Dr. Kanu Okike is going to teach us. His research has shown he, I think, uses the word catastrophic effects of cortisone on articular cartilage. But it made me think all week. I love the world of art. I love the world of sports. Side effects. There's good side effects, which is why, why you would say, give me a shot. Because I'm in pain. I'm limping. My arm hurts. Give me a shot. But you have to ask, what's the downside? of everything that sounds too good to be true. So where in sports in my lifetime did I see the most ferocious football player? Seriously, I've never seen anybody be this vicious on a football field before. His name was Lyle Alzado. I'm from Far Rockaway. He went to Lawrence High School, which is down the street from where I went to high school. He's older than me. But I knew all about him. Big, strong, vicious. Listen to him. It'll make you scared just listening to his voice. People can portray me any way they want because I don't give a damn. I am what I am. And until those people touch me close enough, they'll never know what I am. If they want to see me in this interview or, 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 or in a newspaper article and say, what's the matter with this guy? Let him say it. But don't you analyze me and don't you tell me what I am until you get close enough to understand what I am. Then you can make a, an analysis of me. But don't you dare do it until then. Oh, my God. Are you scared? Lyle Alzado scared the bejesus out of football players on the field. He was all about the rage. Go, son, go! He's giving him everything he has. He's clubbing, face mask, grab anything. There goes Alzado. Yep. 
play a violent game. And anybody who tells me that they go out there to have fun playing football, they're a liar. Because this game isn't fun. This game is a war. Oh, my God. He ripped the football helmet off of Chris Ward of the Jets and didn't just throw it on the... He threw it at his head? Listen to the rage, the vile viciousness that was Lyle Alzado. Chris Ward. I don't like Chris Ward. He's a big mouth. He's a hot dog. He runs his mouth. And if I had a chance to have him swallow his helmet, I'd have done it. Okay. <laughs> Lyle Alzado had always relished playing the villain. But in the final act of his football life, Darth Raider chose to do something heroic. Yes, because he started to tell us he's sick, he's got cancer, and he attributes it to taking steroids, anabolic steroids. Here he sits down with Roy Firestone. It's a little frightening. I don't want to, uh, <clears throat> I don't want to indict anybody. I just want to have her trite the sounds. I, I don't want anybody to be hurt by it anymore. And either I'm dying or I'm, or something that obviously is obviously a, a lot is wrong with me. I don't want anybody to have to go through what I'm going through. Why did he start taking steroids? Why does anybody start with any kind of drug? Because of the good side effects. Here's the good side effects that he talks about. I was in college and um, I realized I had to get bigger and it helped me put weight on. And I took a, a thing called Diana Ball. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other things, you know, anything that has the name of steroid in it is, is just dangerous. It's just, it just is. I, I, I just don't see the use in doing something that's going to destroy your life. So the physical side effects was powerful, bigger, faster, stronger, but also the positive psychological side effects. The use of, uh, use of, of, of steroids was just uh, added addition to uh, my confidence. And I, I knew that if I played against guys that was 6'8", 320 pounds, and I'm, I'm, at the time I was 6'3", 260 pounds, it wouldn't make any difference to me because I knew I could maneuver them physically. We must be very clear about this. And, and another yeah. thing too, Roy, if I might intercept this, I was like Rocky Marciano. I would bang people and bang people and bang people until I wore them down physically. Mm. And then towards the end of his life, at only age 43, he sits down with Maria Shriver and tells you, about the ravages at the bad side effects of the anabolic steroids. This is Lyle Alzado today, over 60 pounds lighter and struggling just to walk. Looking at myself now, I'm half the man I was. You know, the big massive guy that I was, it was all, I hate to admit this, but it was all phony. How long were you on steroids? Most of my pro career. I played 16 years, and it, it got me where I wanted, but also got me very sick. And he succumbs to it, the bad side effects. What about in the world of art? Well, in the world of art, I saw it in my lifetime most terribly. The good side effects, yeah, made her feel more creative, but it ultimately cost of her life. Amy Winehouse. They tried to make me go to rehab, I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no, no, no. Listen to Paul 
Gambiacini, the legendary DJ in London, talking about the legend of Amy Winehouse. I think everyone in this country should be aware that she had the greatest domination of the Grammy Awards than any other British artist in one year ever. Five Grammy Awards in one year, including Song and Record of the Year and Best New Artist. This is a historic achievement. Not only will no one ever take it away from her, it will probably not be duplicated. He walks away, the sun goes down, he takes the day. Like Lyle Alzado, she pushed herself. She pushed herself to be the best she could be. And then someone wiggled in front of her eyes. You can be more creative if you go down this rabbit hole. You know, I'm not someone who prides myself on being a great singer, but it's important to me to be different and to push myself with the music. There's no point in, in, in my life, you know, there's no point in doing anything unless you do it 100%. And you know, there's not a lot of things in my life that I'm that confident with, but when it comes to music, you know, I just have to push myself. I have to push myself. But the best was yet to come. She teamed up with Mark Ronson to produce the follow-up, Back to Black. Her signature style was born. Amy wrote about what she knew, and the resulting album was stunning. It's what happened after the first album, before she makes the second and only second album is when trouble hits. She was one of the most astonishing young talents I'd ever heard. To have this kind of intuitive feeling, plus a grounding in quality music, which probably came from her parents, and a willingness to strip herself down in the studio and be honest and emotional. These gifts are rare now. Mm -hmm. But her talent was soon overshadowed by her private life. She admitted to having problems with self-harm, depression and eating disorders. Her addictions took over and she began to self-destruct. The drug use actually came into Amy's life uh, between her two albums. Up until then, she'd like to smoke pot, but before Frank, her debut album came out, Amy would walk out of the room if somebody even mentioned hard drugs. That's how opposed to them she was. Then between the two albums, her life changed, and that's when she started using hard drugs, and that was ultimately what led to her downfall. Mm. Within two years, Amy had seriously declined. Friends worried she couldn't cope and was unravelling before their eyes. The attention she craved, uh, she simply couldn't deal with. And the fame that she sought ultimately um, made her more lonely and alienated and more uh, driven to drink and drugs. And so that was a, a sad thing to witness. You know, it's a question of be careful of what you wish for. The drugs made her feel more creative. That's why she did them. But then you lose everything. In 2007, she married Blake Fielder Civil. The relationship was volatile and seriously destructive. Three weeks later, she collapsed from a near-fatal overdose and went into rehab. Their behavior was out of control and their decline documented daily in the press. Amy later admitted their whole marriage was based on doing drugs. Blake was arrested and later jailed, but the damage was already done. Love. 
This next soundbite is the most disturbing one of all because this is a friend of hers, Joe Mott, saying, yeah, I know drugs were bad for her, but they also allowed her to be more creative because she wrote about it. Are you kidding me? That's the cost. Your life. It's very difficult to talk positively about Blake because of all the, the negative connotations that went with him, the, the drugs that they both enjoyed and, and took all the time and the self-harming that we saw and all that kind of thing. And I'm loath to say that he's responsible for her fame because he's not. It's her talent that, that got her that fame. But um, w without the dark stuff that he provided, I don't think she'd have had the raw material to, to produce the music she did produce. Are you kidding me? She was amazing. Look at all those baseball players. Alex Rodriguez. They, these guys were the most talented. But you want to even be more. Pigs get fat and hogs get slaughtered. That's basically what happens. They tried to make me go to rehab. I said no, no, no. Yes, I've been black, but when I come back, no. Amy wrote her biggest hit with Mark Ronson. She came up with the idea after her management tried to admit her for treatment. You ask yourself, why did Amy Winehouse do it? Why did Lyle Alzado do it? Because it made a total sense to these type A talented people they had the talent they just wanted to do more and that rabbit hole looks so enticing side effects there's the good ones that suck you in but i don't care what anybody recommends you better ask what's the negative side effects and coming up next in my world of medicine we're going to talk to an expert a researcher who understands the bad side effects of having cortisone going into the joint with a needle. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your Knee Post. One of the most complicated areas of the body, ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Cool. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow, your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better Hello there. with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Why a four-year-old child can understand this report. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Run out and find me a four-year-old child. I can't make a head or tail out of it. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, I come home where well, my body's been a magnet and I miss your tender head and the way you like the daggers. I want you to come on over. Stop making a fool out of me. Oh, why don't you come on over, Valerie? Valerie. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. That's the great Amy Winehouse, who died too young at age 27. 
And you heard about Lyle Alzado dying too young at age 43 from side effects. There's good and there's bad. And right now I'm so excited to talk to an expert about another drug and its side effects. The great Kanu Okike. Dr. Okike, thanks so much for getting up early, really early, to be with us. Good morning. Greetings from Honolulu, Hawaii. Oh, uh, you lucky stiff. That's all I got to say, Kanu. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, your life is so fascinating and how you wind up in Honolulu. Before we get started talking about this beautiful paper that you wrote that really captured my imagination, who are you? Where did you grow up? How did you become an orthopedic surgeon in Honolulu, Hawaii? And what are you doing there? <laughs> um, so I actually grew up in uh, Massachusetts, so more of a Celtics and Patriots fan. Uh-oh. And um, <laughs> in uh, college, met my wife, um, who's from Honolulu, and she endured a lot of cold winters on the East Coast. Um, when I finished training, uh, her preference was to move west. And so uh, we live in Honolulu, Hawaii. Wow. Um, so I uh, work as an orthopedic surgeon there. And uh, I've actually found it a really nice place to live. Yes, yes. And you're doing great things, and I'm very, very proud of you. Have you been listening at all to the show or not really? My analogy with... Amy Winehouse and Lyle Alzado about the bad side yeah. effects of drugs. And I certainly want to distinguish anabolic steroids are different than intraarticular injections of cortisone. They're called steroids, but they're different kinds. But what is the same is the beautiful side effect of pain relief of giving someone a shot. But you need to ask the obvious question, what's the bad side effects? And that's what really is so special about this paper you wrote. So I want to ask you, what prompted you to do this study? Well, um, out here in Hawaii, uh, as probably similar to you in L.A., uh, we have lots of patients who um, have pain in their joints, uh, hips, knees, shoulders, um, and we give steroid injections pretty frequently um, and don't really see too many side effects from them. However, it was a little different in the hip. We started to notice a handful of patients who would uh, get a steroid injection, would feel good for a month, three months, and then would return with really unbearable pain and not coming in to see us in the clinic, but would show up in the emergency department, hmm. unable to walk, unable to bear weight anymore. And it was uh, pretty um, surprising um, and we spent many kind of months um, trying to figure out, okay, what could be causing this? Um, and uh, one of my colleagues had the idea, well, they all had steroid injections. I wonder if that's the cause. Hmm. And so we decided to look into it. Hmm. What a great place to work where you have such close relationships with your colleagues. Oh, my colleagues are great. Definitely the happiest bunch of orthopedic surgeons I've ever been around. Mm, that's great. And do you primarily do hip surgery? Do you do trauma? What do, Knee surgery? What do you like to do? Yeah, um, I, I normally tell patients that I do two things. I fix broken bone and I replace arthritic hips. Mm. Um, and uh, that um, collection of um, 
surgeries was actually suggested to me by um, one of your colleagues at Cedar sinai Mark Varis. Oh, yeah. was um, my, my mentor uh, when I was at Harvard, and mm-hmm. he was a trauma surgeon, but many hip fractures are treated with replacement, um, and uh, he suggested, well, if you want to do hip fractures um, and treat them with replacement, uh, you, should, you should be good at doing replacements. And so uh, to have a practice where you do that for patients with arthritis was a good combination. You know, he's been at Cedars for five years now, Dr. Varis, and I just can't tell you what a joy it is. I've been at Cedars for 32 years. He's been here for five years, but in the five years he's been here, he has made Cedars sinai into a world-class orthopedic department. He's really, just like he inspired you, he inspires all of us at the hospital. He has a gift of really getting the best out of everyone. It's really something. Hmm. Can't say enough nice things about him. Agreed. Um, So tell us about the paper that you and your colleagues at Kaiser in Honolulu, what were the main findings? Well, the nice thing about uh, doing research in Honolulu is that it's a captive population. Yeah, they ain't going anywhere. If you if you give someone a steroid injection and things don't go well, they come back to see you. Right. Whereas in other parts of the country, they may they may end up elsewhere, which makes it a little bit harder to have follow up. Mm-hmm. But we basically looked at um, patients who had gotten steroid injections over a three or four year period, and uh, followed them forward. And long story short, we found that um, in our collection of about six hundred patients who got um, among them a little over a thousand injections. We found that the risk of the uh, hip going on to what we termed rapidly progressive arthritis, that means where you get, you know, 10 or 20 years worth of hip degeneration in just a couple months. Wow. We found that that happened overall about 5% of the time. Wow. Did you see see any femoral head collapse? Yeah, exactly. So the hips, uh, as you know, is a ball and socket joint, and the ball is at the very top part of the thigh bone, termed the femoral head, and it's normally round and shaped like a ball. Um, But if uh, something causes that ball to disintegrate quickly, then you'll you'll have femoral head collapse. So yes, we did see that. Um, And of course, the notable thing was that it happened very, very rapidly. Um, we did find that that risk of that happening um, varied based on what types of injections you got. Hmm. So if you just had a single injection that had a low-dose amount of steroid, the chances of that happening was about 2%. But if you happen to have a high-dose injection and more than one of them, hmm. that risk went up to 10%. So hmm. fully 10% of patients who had multiple high-dose injections had their hips disintegrate quickly, which was really remarkable. What I tell my patients is if you come to me because you've had an injection, you got to wait six months before I'm going to now convert you to a hip replacement because of the risk of infection. Did you see uh, any immune responses in a negative way from the cortisone shot into the hip joint? Yeah, um, so we... we didn't look at that in our um, study, um, mainly because there, 
there have been other studies that have pretty much most of the prior research on injections have focused on the risk of infection. Mm -hmm. And that's something that we certainly um, believe. And, you know, I, like you, wait a good six months before doing a replacement after injection because of the the risk of infection. So that's pretty well established. um, Mm -hmm. And we didn't really look at that in our our study, but I do believe it's true. Mm. What surprised you in the study? I think the surprising thing was, I'd say two things. Number one, just that this this rate was relatively high. Um, And number two, that it it hasn't really been shown previously. Hmm. Um, There are a handful of kind of one-off case reports where people will say, I had this patient, this happened, and here's one case. Um, There's been about three of those in the literature. But they're, you know... It's 2021, and we've been doing injections for a long time. And I was surprised that um, this hasn't been shown previously. Mm-hmm. But um, even within the last six months, there are now papers coming out um, showing this. So my suggestion is that now that this information is out there and patient uh, surgeons start looking at patients in their practice, I think more and more surgeons are going to see this. Yeah, I totally agree. Did you get any stink eye from the rheumatologist or the people in medicine who actually benefit because that's all they can do is give injections? <laughs> you know, one, one choice we made early, which proved to be helpful, is we did the study with uh, three orthopedic surgeons and two radiologists. <laughs> in our system, it's the radiologists who do the injections. Right. And at first, they were a little skeptical. <laughs> but once they saw the data, they had to admit, yeah, this is, this is real. So mm-hmm. I think having them on the paper lended some legitimacy in those circles. I've written a book called Heal Your Hips with Linda Yui, all about water exercises, mm-hmm. belly button high water, walking mm-hmm. forwards and backwards in a pool. I really appreciate it. I'm a busy surgeon like you, but I mm-hmm. re- very much enjoy avoiding surgery for patients by being holistic. Um, what are your thoughts now, uh, Kanu, in terms of if your hip hurts, should you get a cortisone shot? You know, it's funny you mentioned that book. When I was uh, in residency, um, <laughs> I had a surgeon who, for for patients who, um, you know, did have arthritis, but it wasn't bad enough to, to warrant surgery, he would recommend that book to them. Ah, so, thank you for writing it. It's certainly <laughs> helpful. Um, thank you. But, you know, my, my recommendation that be, uh, at this point is um, if you have really end-stage arthritis, and you need a replacement, but for whatever reason, you're unable to get it. Logistical reasons, life circumstances, hey, I really want to go on this trip to Europe. Um, Getting an injection, to me, isn't a bad idea because the hip's already shot and you already need a replacement. Mm -hmm. The people where I really encourage them to think twice are those who have mild arthritis, Hmm. moderate arthritis, it hurts every every now and again, but you don't yet need a replacement. You might have another five, ten years on your hip. Those people I really worry about because if they get an injection and then they need a replacement in two or three months, um, then they, I, I don't think that the injection's really really done them a service. Hmm. Do you think there's something unique, Kanu, to the hip joint itself? Is it different than when you put cortisone into a knee or a shoulder? Um, because of its geometry or its weight-bearing status? I think that is definitely true. Mm. Um, We haven't yet figured out the 
physiology of it, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, probably steroid injections in the knee increase cartilage degradation a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's not a huge amount. But clearly, um, there's something different about the hip, um, but we haven't yet figured that out. Listen, the world's a better place for people like you, Kanu. I can't thank you enough. And um, you, there will be pushback. You're, you're hurting some people's uh, way of making a living by putting a paper like that out there. But you need to be courageous. And uh, you're about as big and strong as it gets, so I'm sure you got wide shoulders. You can handle it. But the truth is what is all that really matters. And I really appreciate your, um, your intellect your, your professionalism, your compassion. And it really is a bold statement to write a paper like that. So God bless you for doing it and keep doing it. And uh, you may be in Honolulu, but we're all listening. Well, thanks very much for giving us the opportunity to talk about our research. Yes. And yes, we do expect some letters to the editor. <laughs> all right, Kondo. Thanks so much for making time to be with us. You really uh, made Los Angeles and everybody else who's listening a better place because of what you're really spending time beyond just taking care of patients doing. Doing research is time-consuming. It's, it's grunt work. And uh, thank God for people like you to do it. I really can't thank you enough, and have a beautiful day in Honolulu. Thanks very much. Go okay. Patriots. <laughs> you got to get that in. Good for you, buddy. All right, Warriors, what a great guest to have. What great information. You're hearing it from someone who looks 600 patients. It's not like they looked at two people. Beautiful beautiful research and I'll keep bringing that information to you but to be able to get the author to take you behind the curtain is really special coming up next I'll take you back into the operating room we'll talk more I want to talk about John Morant he dodged the bullet I also want to talk about Aaron Rodgers who plays the Rams on Sunday he's got a broken toe how's he going to be able to do that We'll use some clap revision. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710-ESPN. Holy emoji, clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m., Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. I love this guy. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Robbie, come with me. We're going to fix the toilet. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Weekend Warriors, the Righteous Brothers. Well, one of them wasn't so righteous because he succumbed to the bad side effects of drugs. That's today's topic. It's fascinating. 
You really need to be skeptical. Be a New Yorker. When it sounds too good to be true, it is. Especially when it comes to your health. Always ask, what's the bad side effects? And when they say there aren't any, you better run away. Probably the greatest drug ever invented is aspirin. But even aspirin can burn a hole in your stomach. You always want to take it with food for that reason. But it is the true wonder drug. Everything has a side effect. Hot fudge sundaes, they taste great. They got a side effect. And in the world of food, there's a drug, red dye. That's what we use to make things look cherry red. Good Time Donuts, Sue showed me the jar of the cherry sauce that they put into the donut holes, which are my favorite. But there's two red dyes that they use in that cherry sauce. It's still something I'm eating, but I'm sure it can't be good for me. But that's a small side effect. It's not like taking drugs of steroids, heroin. But still, it has side effects. But still worth it. Make sure you go to my favorite bakery, Good Time Donuts. And tell Sue you want the donut hole with that red stuff that Dr. Clapper talked about. But I think the best food item that absolutely in the recipe says get this artificial coloring is a chocolate cupcake that made to look red. It's called a red velvet. But it's really chocolate. And I tasted them all. But I will tell you a little later in the show where, in my opinion, in L.A. is the best red velvet donut. Last night I watched John Morant jump and land with his foot slightly rotated outward and his knee bent inward slightly. And he had to limp off the floor. He fell and then had to limp off the floor. But what's really interesting, if you look at the video, you see him grab the big toe side of his knee immediately. That's because that's where the maximum pain is. Yep, the medial meniscus lives there. I get it. Yep, you can tear your ACL and feel pain there. But it's so interesting how the damage, when you strain the knee, we call it a valgus angle, when your knee turns inward like that, the tearing of the tissues goes in stages. My clapper vision would be, it's like tearing open a FedEx envelope. You know, you can use the string they give you to rip open the top, or you can just manhandle it and just rip through the stuffing and the paper to get on the inside. That it's basically layered. You want to be elegant, you pull the string. If you can't find the string or you're in a hurry, you just rip the thing through everything and you see all that stuffing fly around. Well, your knee is the same way. There's skin. Right below the skin is the medial collateral ligament. 
right deep to the medial collateral ligament is the medial meniscus. And if you keep getting clipped with that energy coming from the side of your knee, the lateral side, that energy continues. You not only have torn your medial collateral ligament, your medial meniscus, but then you tear your ACL. But if you confine the energy to just be more superficial, you can just sprain the skin and sprain what's just below the skin, the medial collateral ligament, and you don't tear your meniscus and you don't tear your ACL. One of the saving graces, if you look at that videotape of probably one of the greatest basketball players in the NBA right now, John Morant, certainly the most exciting to watch because he literally plays above the rim and flies like none other, is that his knee was slightly flexed. It was bent. It wasn't in full extension. And that allows for a little bit of play. The ligaments have a little wobble when your knee is flexed, when they are stressed from the side like his was. And that, I believe, was his saving grace. He's having an MRI, and the early results look like it's a sprain, which is probably to the medial collateral ligament and not tearing his meniscus or his ACL. But if you look carefully, immediately after it happens, he grabs the medial side of his knee. So you know it went deeper than just his skin. And the worry is, did he tear his ACL as well? It's called the O'Donoghue's triad when you actually get all three, the MCL, the medial meniscus, and the ACL. And the beauty of it is, is if he's really just sprained, which is a microscopic tear to the medial collateral ligament, you don't need surgery for that. We put you in a brace, it bleeds underneath the skin, and it goes on to heal on its own without surgery. We used to believe you had to put stitches in a staple, God, what we, they used to do to patients, you know, and I see people come to me all the time with all kinds of staples that they put into people in the 1970s and 80s. Oy vey, because now I have to see them because I now need to do a knee replacement and I have to get these old staples out. But we now know you don't have to. The medial collateral ligament will go on to heal on its own. And that's probably what will happen to John Morant. He needs to heal. He's not going to be playing right away. And let's hope uh, nobody suggests giving him any kind of injection either. It'll heal. He'll be back. And he's good for the NBA because to see him, you pay money to see that guy play basketball. And let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers has a broken toe, but it's not his big toe. It's his little toe, the pinky toe. But still, it hurts a lot. When bones are broken, they hurt. Every step you take, as human beings, it's three phases of gait. First, your heel makes contact with the floor. We call it heel strike. Next, you become flat-footed. So heel strike, mid-foot, the mid-stance of the foot, flat on the ground. And the final step, no pun intended, is called toe-off, where you actually launch yourself into the next step. Your big toe has to flex, but all your toes actually participate. And it hurts because every step you take, forget about lateral movement that a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers has to do. Just walking forward, you have a broken toe. Even if it's the little toe, it hurts. 
but it's a lot less serious than the big toe. How do you manage the pain? How can he play tomorrow with a broken toe? Well, one of the things that is so simple and so elegant in my clapper vision is the difference between a rocking chair and a beach chair. Clapper vision. Right? Beach chair. Four legs. You sit on it. You ain't moving. You're in the sand. You can't, you can't rock sideways or forwards and back. But if you sit in a rocking chair, which has that beautiful continuity, that beam, that curved beam that the four legs are sitting in, you can rock back and forth with very little effort. Well, if you take a shoe and make it like the foot of a rocking chair, that curved beam, you stiffen the bottom of a, of a shoe, whether it's a cleat, a sneaker, whatever, your pair of shoes, and not wear mushy New Balance, Adidas, Nike sneakers, which are very mushy and flexible, but you actually wear a stiffer sole shoe or create a stiffer sole orthotic in your cleat, in your sneaker, in your shoe, that stiffness means that when your heel makes contact with the floor to go into mid stance and then go into toe off, if it's stiffer, it's like the bottom of that rocking chair. It rocks so easily and propels you forward. So there's no flex to the toes. And if there's no flex to the toe, that broken toe won't hurt as much. It's not shots, it's not pills, and it's still not healed. You can't enhance the healing, no matter what they say. A fracture is a fracture. It takes time to heal. But you will have less pain and less disability if you do something simple and elegant, which is to wear stiffer-soled shoes. So get ready, Rams. We're going to be dealing with Aaron Rodgers where the snow is coming and the low temperatures are coming. And this, I believe, is the most important game of the whole season. The hell yeah. Because if we lose to the Packers, it's going to be hard to come back from it. Are we a good team or are we not a good team? We're going to learn tomorrow. We win, yep, then you can still say we're going to the Super Bowl. But if we lose, that's going to be a tough one. Because everybody's healthy, everybody's ready to play. And their quarterback has a toe fracture. But if their orthopedic surgeon has him wear stiffer-soled cleats, he'll play like Aaron Rodgers always plays, which is terrific. All right, we'll take a break. Last segment coming up. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Going to talk about what we're going to do next week. What a guest we have. One of my favorite guests on the Weekend Warriors show for 11 years. I'll tell you who that is. Coming up next here on the Weekend Warriors show on 710 ESPN. Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. 
This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. But don't miss my show, Monday morning on 710 ESPN. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Why, I've never been so insulted in my life. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Well, it's early, yet. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. So excited each and every Saturday. Thanks for telling your friends. Lines are lit up. Let's do it. Take you into the operating room a little bit later. Got to tell you what we're doing next week, and I got to tell you where the best red velvet cupcake is in L.A. But right now, let's go to Carlos in L.A. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Dr. Clapper, good morning. Thank you for taking my call. My pleasure, so, Carlos. Uh, How young are you? What do you do for a living? I'm 40 years old. I'm a uh, desktop engineer, so pretty much a computer nerd, IT. <laughs> and what's your sport? What do you love to do to stay in shape? Uh, soccer and uh, just running. Really? Where'd you Those grow up? Where'd you grow up? What'd your father do for a living? Uh, I was... I was actually born in El Salvador. I came to the States when I was a year and a half old. Uh, my dad is uh, works in a metal factory. He's one of the supervisors there. He's been doing that for over 50 years now. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, humble family. That's fantastic. Good for you. Where'd you go to college? Uh, Cerritos. And then I went to, I started IT. I went to Apple, and I, I moved on from there. Nice. That's fantastic. All right, what'd you do to yourself? How can I help you? So listening to your show today, and you know you're talking about the cortisone shots and all. Um, my my the toe next to my big toe, I don't know what it's called, but um, the second toe. Uh, the second toe, yeah. Uh, just genetically, I, it was I was I have a, a longer second toe, and uh, after a while, over the years of playing soccer and wearing cleats and running, I started to get some discomfort and 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 right beneath that toe, and I went to a doctor. And the first thing he said, he was like, oh, let's get you a cortisone shot. It'll it'll fix everything. Mm. So I, I get the cortisone shot. And, yeah, the pain goes away. And uh, I take a trip to Europe uh, a few months afterwards. And, uh, you know, after having a couple of drinks, uh, I managed to stumble. And I, and I tripped. And I landed on that toe. And as soon as I landed, I just heard three pops. And uh when I came back to the States, uh, I went back to the same doctor. He said, you know, he gave me, uh, some, uh, insoles, I guess. Mm -hmm. He's like, Oh, don't worry about it. You'll be fine. But the pain was insane. So I went, ended up going to another doctor. First thing he did is run an MRI. turns out I tore my plantar plate Mm -hmm. and he asked me, he's like, have you had any cortisone shots on this toe? And I was like, yeah, I got one a few months ago. And he's like, yeah, man, that probably was a bit. It, you know, it it, uh, it uh, softened the tendon and it weakened it. So when he fell, uh, that was the, the final straw. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, you know, you talking about this, it just, you know, it just brought back so many memories. And uh, I eventually, I ended up having to get surgery to shorten the toe and connect the plantar plate again. But um, my question is. I'm starting to get the same pain on my right foot. Mm-hmm. So is there anything I can do? Uh, besides, you know, I, it's, it's genetics, right? My toe's just long. Uh, do I need to get another surgery, or is there any preventable options that I, that I, that I have that I can uh, rely on? You don't need to get another surgery. You're obviously smart enough now not to get a shot uh, again. Thank you very much. But if you look at your hand, are you driving right now? 
Yes, sir. Look at the back of your hand as you put your hands on the steering wheel, okay? And if you look, you'll see okay. you see your thumb, you see your index finger, you see your ring finger, your little finger, but then you see your middle finger is longer than all the other fingers, correct? That's why we call it the long finger. Yes. Well, your foot, my foot, and everybody else's foot, the third ray, the third finger, is not the long one in your feet. The second one is actually the longest one. So you're not that unusual. Thank you very much. Nobody needs to make fun of you. And you don't need to be critical of yourself. You actually have a foot that's just fine. The plantar plate and the injury itself does not mean you're at risk for it. I will tell you this. Cortisone will weaken tissues, and what starts out as a small problem, yeah, it's numb because of the shot, but you weaken it, and now you can rupture tendons and rupture the plantar plate. So I don't want you to live in fear that, uh uh-oh, I'm going to have this all over again. Not so fast. Yes, when you play soccer, you may need to be wearing an orthotic that makes it stiffer so there's less stress on the second toe. And I will give you a couple of names right now of world-class foot and ankle guys at Cedars who can give you potentially better advice than me in terms of the exact kind of orthotic, or is there something going on with your other foot if it continues? You don't have to run to do them tomorrow. But you're driving, so you can listen to this on a podcast from ESPN, and you'll get the names. But I love David Thordeson, who's an orthopedic surgeon who does foot and ankle at Cedars. I love Timothy Charlton. Um, and I love Max Mahalski. Each of these three guys have been guests on the show. They're at Cedars, and those are the three names. You may get other names, but these are the three names I'm giving you that I prefer, and that's who you can call if this becomes a problem or you really just want to know from someone super intelligent and has experience with a second-toe volar plate. All right? That's what I would tell you to do. No more monkey business with shots. You don't necessarily need an MRI, but, you know, you're going to someone. There's a great expression, Carlos. The eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. These three guys have seen it all, and they can tell you what your future's going to be, good or bad, with your second toe. But I would certainly say wearing cleats when you play soccer that are stiffer sole will certainly be helpful by putting less stress through that joint. All right? Awesome. Thank you so much, doctor. All right, Carlos. Listen, you're a total stranger to me. I want you to find a total stranger today. Do something nice for them. That's how you'll be thanking me. All right? Will do. Thank you so much. Have a great weekend. All right. God bless you. No problem. Uh, You want to take another? Okay. Who's this? Rose? Rose and Charlotte. We have two people on the same line? In Charlotte. In Charlotte, North Carolina. Rose, where are you calling me from? I I am calling you from Charlotte. (laughs) Charlotte, North Carolina. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. We got Pennsylvania today and Charlotte, North Carolina. What's the matter with you? You can't find someone in Charlotte, North Carolina to talk to? Hey, hey, I'm mixing all around. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for calling. I appreciate it. What's the matter with you? I only have a couple of minutes left. Okay, I have what they call trigger finger. Yes. And so I'm trying to decide. They said something about surgery. I had the cortisone shots, and Mm -hmm. they did not help. That's right. Are you going to be seeing someone in Charlotte? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, oh, my favorite orthopedic surgeon in Charlotte. He just moved to Florida, though. Um, damn. He was in Char- Charlotte Orthopedics. They have a big, big group, but he moved. His name was Tom McCoy. 
Um, you could, you know what? Maybe his office is still there. His name is Tom McCoy. I love that guy. And he will hook you up with a hand surgeon who's good, who under local anesthesia, literally, you find what's called the A1 pulley. You snip it. I used to do these kinds of surgeries uh, 32 years ago when I started. You just got to be careful. There's a nerve there you need to see and stay away from, and your trigger finger problems will go away. Please, no more cortisone shots. Stay away. All right? All right. Sounds great. Now, how did you know to call me from Charlotte, North Carolina? How did that happen? I have a friend that's in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, that called me once your show was on to call you. (laughs) God bless you, young lady. What a pleasure to talk to you. You too. Have a great day. All right. You too. God bless. Oh, my God. We got one hell of a... I mean, I've had callers from Switzerland, from all, from the Philippines. It's nice to hear from people from Pennsylvania and from North Carolina. But I'm here for Los Angeles. Don't you forget about it. They ask me all the time to syndicate this show. No! I'm staying here in Los Angeles. Hell yeah. All right. Where's the best red velvet cupcake in L.A.? Susie Cakes. They have a few locations. You try a Susie Cake red velvet. That cream cheese that they make, that cream cheese icing on that moist. My office manager many years ago, BB, used to say the best way to get moisture in a cake is use mayonnaise in the batter. Can you imagine? Because it's eggs. I bet you they're using something like mayonnaise, but that's my favorite red velvet cupcake. And next week, my guest is going to be the reggae group Ayaterra. They are big now, but they weren't so big when we started with them many years ago. But we need to see what they're up to. Until then, I leave you with Volare. I'm singing and I'm flying. Have a great weekend and go Rams. Nel cielo infinito Volare Cantare Weekend Words on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.